Trump, Trump, Trump. <laughs> we'll talk about that briefly. Just how many people is 8 billion people? And should we be worried? Scalpers are insane. But that's not all. More Blackpink news coming up. And a U.S. Marine will warm your heart like never before. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. That would be me. Yes, I still have the eczema. It's all over my forehead. You can see it. Look, I never promised you I was pretty. I just told you I was interesting. So you get what you get, and that's honesty. Aldwin Wong, hello. What's up? My goodness, Alden, we have not seen you in a few streams here. We actually missed you. I even had a Wakanda Forever in Chinese thing all set up for when you showed up. It's gone now, but anyway, I was all prepped for you. Anyway, <laughs> good to see you in the show tonight. We are live across four different platforms for the moment. Facebook Watch, YouTube, Twitch.tv and our main channel on Rumble.com. If you do not have a Rumble account, it's free. You don't have to post videos. You just sign up for an account and check out all the different videos over there. They've got gaming, food, cooking, politics, of course, uh, the Jay Sheldon Show. Make sure you subscribe. Just check us out. And Rumble.com is the place. It's all free, no cost to you, and it's a really cool site. It is giving Facebook a run for its money. And they've just posted some record profits over there, too. So that's really cool. Uh, all right. Let's move on up and over to our favorite little lady. And that would be... This little girl, Miko Update. Yes, the Miko Update, and uh, she's doing well. She is right at the end of her heat cycle. And today, she was bugging me all day. All she wanted to do was go for a walk. Every minute of the day, she was doing one of those <laughs> sort of things, you know, where she's panting. And she's looking at the door, and she's looking at her harness and leash. I know what she wants. She wants to go see her boyfriends because she's right at that point in the... Let me explain something as clinically as I can. Uh, when dogs go into heat, they have a cycle and uh, they, right in the beginning, they're not ready to breed yet. But then in the second to third week, they're ready. And you got to keep an eye on them 24-7 because they will do about anything they can to make the magic happen, if you know what I mean. And she's at that point. So she's almost at the end of her cycle, but she's going crazy. I feel so bad for her, seriously. We are going to have her fixed. We will do that next. It'll come up after this cycle's done, so she won't have to go through that anymore. But anyway, this is a picture of her, uh, I think, yesterday. Uh, and, uh, yeah, somebody posts Anak Manja Basar, which is the spoiled little girl, or the spoiled big girl. Um, she's doing very well, though. So, uh, yeah, we appreciate uh, we appreciate all those of you who uh, write us and PM us and ask, how's Miko doing? Our Miko update brought to you by the good folks at BarkBox.com. Our special link is BarkBox.com slash Miko, M-I-K-O. 
If you use that link, you will get a free extra month when you sign up for a multi-month subscription. What's BarkBox? Well, it is a monthly subscription. You get every month, you get a box, it's customized, and they're all themed with different, you know, different holiday themes and stuff like that. And you'll get uh, three or four toys sized for your dog. You can specify small, medium, or large. You get a few bags of treats, all natural, good-for-you treats, and a dog chew. It comes once a month, every month. You can sign up for just one month if you want to, or six months, or 12 months. And when you sign up for the six or 12 month, if you use our link, barkbox.com slash Miko, you get a free month. So you sign up for six, you get seven. Sign up for 12, you get 13. And uh, do check them out because they're great. The link is the top link in our show notes tonight, barkbox.com slash Miko. 100% money back guarantee. If something is not right, they will make it right. Their customer service, second to none. And trust me, all you got to do is check out their website and you will fall in love. You will want to order this. Now, sadly, it's only for folks in the U.S., U.S. territories and Canada. They don't ship internationally yet, but you could use a shipping forwarding service if you have one of those or you want to sign up for one. Or maybe you've got a friend in the U.S. who you could have it shipped to their house and then they could just turn it around and ship it to you, wherever you may be on the planet. But please do check them out. BarkBox.com slash Miko is the link. And uh, it's such a great, cool way to get your dog some goodies they will love and enjoy. Uh, yeah, good stuff. BarkBox.com slash Miko. All right. Well, it's been all over the news. So I'm sure that you've heard by now. Our good friend Donald J. Trump. Last night or this morning here in Malaysia, launched his 2024 U.S. presidential run, uh, getting the jump on his rivals. And uh, had a, I watched the speech from Mar-a-Lago. It was quite well done. It was uh, well received. And uh, he said he will again run for U.S. president 2024 uh, during the event at Mar-a-Lago Estate in Palm Beach, Florida. And... Uh, it's great to see the lefts melt down and do a crazy time uh, over this fact. I, I Just that alone was enough to make it all worthwhile. So, yes, I am a Trump supporter. Hate me if you want. That's my politics, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, all right. So we at least wanted to mention that because it's good news. And so the battle continues. All right, what have we got? Oh, yeah, we hit a milestone, you and I. We did. Aldwin says, I like Trump. He's funny. The problem is, uh, the problem I have is not necessarily Trump himself, but the people he's bringing into the GOP. Uh, well, you know, when you consider some of the morons like Mike Pence, you're right, because that guy is a complete idiot. But, uh, you know, love him or hate him. He hits a nerve with the American people, and um, and he calls it like he sees it. He he's honest. He's kept his promises, and people hate him because he's honest and he keeps his promises. And he's draining the swamp or trying to. It's a big swamp to drain, and it ain't easy because everybody and everything is working against him. But he's doing his best. 
I'm so, I'm a big Trump supporter. So tune out if you want. Don't care. Hopefully we can agree to disagree and, you know, we'll still be friends. You don't have to believe everything I do and I don't have to believe everything you do. You do you. I've always said that from the very beginning, very first show. You do you, I do me. We don't have to agree on everything. We can agree to disagree. You shouldn't call yourself a Trump supporter, but a supporter of his policies. No, no, I support the guy. Uh, if Trump were to do something wrong, you're going to have to defend him regardless. Oh, no, 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 uh, absolutely not. No, no, I'm not, you know, the God King or, you know, starstruck superstar can do no wrong. If he does something, in fact, in the past, he's done things that I haven't agreed with, and I've called him out on it and disagreed with it. It has not, it's, it's not the man can do no wrong. That is absolutely not the fact. If the man does something, in my opinion, that's stupid or wrong, I will absolutely call him out. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to our next uh, topic, which is don't call yourself an I am a Trump supporter, but that doesn't mean I'm a fanboy, superstar, you know, starry-eyed, everything he does is wonderful. You can still be a supporter and still be a critic. Nothing wrong with that. In fact, you should be. If you are a supporter, you should be a critic. All right, I'm going to get to this one way or the other. We did it. We hit eight billion people on the planet Earth. Can you imagine eight billion people, the population of the earth has reached over. I just saw the actual number. It was like 8 billion, 19 million, something like that. Of course, it grows <laughs> every minute, every second of every day. But uh, Rizal posts this. Thanks, Rizal. <laughs> Come on. He says, y'all got to stop popping the kids out. <laughs> well... <laughs> Yeah, maybe the Earth's population has now reached 8 billion people. That's a lot. Um, but you might be surprised to find out it's not as many as you think. Seriously. Uh, that sounds like a lot of people. I went to Quora to find some information. Now, again, there's no point in putting this page up. The link is in our show notes if you want to read it. But the stuff that's in here is really, really interesting. If all the people in the world, 8 billion people, stood next to each other, how much area would it occupy? Well, the answer is around 2,000 square kilometers, or a square shape of about 45 by 45 kilometers. If you're in the U.S., that would be about 30 miles by 30 miles. In 2019, uh, actually 2022, I should say, there are about 8 billion people on planet Earth. We just hit that milestone. You can fit about four adults comfortably in one square meter standing right next to each other. Many more if at a music concert, <laughs> like Blackpink. We'll talk about that coming up in a minute. Anyway, that would mean we would need an area of about 2 billion square meters to fit 8 billion people. 2 billion square meters is 2,000 square kilometers. 
Follow me here. It's not that hard. Increase the abortion rate to control the population of idiots on this planet. Mm, maybe not. Port Phillip Bay in Victoria, Australia, is an enclosed water area south of Melbourne. And that area is about 1,930 square kilometers, roughly the 2,000 square kilometers you would need. So if you took every single person on the planet, they would fit in Port Phillips Bay in Victoria, Australia. That's not really a lot of space. Think about it. Eight billion people, and you could fit them. Granted, they'd be a bit uncomfortable, but they would fit in 2,000 square kilometers. That just ain't that much space. Unbelievable. National Geographic estimated in 2010 that if every person on the planet stood shoulder to shoulder, we would all occupy a space only about the size of the city of Los Angeles. Granted, L.A. is a very large city, but in relation to the entire planet, L.A. is nothing. And everybody on the planet right now as we speak would fit into that little tiny space. So when you hear that number, oh my God, we've hit 8 billion people, the world's going to end, we're overpopulated, not the case. Elon Musk is a big fan of this problem of population. He has been an advocate for the fact that we are losing our population. He's not wrong. Here's a map from National Geographic, and uh, I've got to get past the uh, ads first. Newly created map reveals the wildest Elon, where's that rocket to Mars? Yeah, uh, good question. I think he's got other things going on right now that are kind of taking up his time, like this Twitter mess. All right, check this out. This is from National Geographic. A newly created map reveals the wildest places on Earth. If, if you're an introvert and you want to get away from it all, look in the areas of green. That's where you should go. <laughs> the findings could be used to support the push to set aside half the earth for nature. Looks to me like it kind of is already. A compilation of four methods for mapping human impact reveals in detail where humanity's influence on the natural world is considered to be low, where humans have a low impact on the land. Uh, all methods classify these areas as having low human impact. That's the dark green on this map. Again, if you're listening to the podcast, check out the link. It's in our show notes. And this, uh, this lighter green going up to almost a pea green, uh, agreement among the methods is mixed. Uh, 35% of analyzed land. Look at that. That's actual. Look at Australia. Wow. Everybody. Can I get my mouse back? There we go. Everybody is concentrated here. Along, of course, this is the outback and areas like, I don't know Australia. I've never been there. Don't want to go, really. But uh, 
I don't know. I just have no attraction to Australia whatsoever. Um, look at that. The population centers. Same thing, Africa, South America, North America. This is insane. Look across Asia. Where is Malaysia? Here we go. There's Malaysia. There's actually some green spots in Malaysia. Well, of course, because we have a lot of jungles still here. Uh, that's incredible. Here's Borneo and Borneo, Malaysia, which has a lot of green. So before you go nuts thinking, holy crap, 8 billion people, we're all going to die. We ain't. Remember, everyone would fit in about the space of the city of Los Angeles. Everyone on the planet right now. And look at all these areas of green. This is amazing. Absolutely incredible. So don't go too crazy. All right. However, I did find another article that might help to solve the problem in an extremely morbid way. But it's funny. So I wanted to share it with you. You worried about too many people on the planet? Don't worry. If the warmongers have their way, it could all be over very soon. This is from LegalProx.com. How many nukes would it take to make the Earth uninhabitable? Now, one nuclear bomb. By the way, nuclear bombs these days, I don't know if you know this. These are not the Hiroshima, Nagasaki nuclear bombs, the atom bombs. Nuclear bombs these days are an entirely different beast, and you do not want to find out how they work. Anyway, the reason why a study was done in the last year that concluded it would take 100 nuclear bombs to end the world. Now, at the moment, there are 13,080 ready-to-use nuclear warheads in the world. 13,000 over nuclear warheads. And it would only take 100. Three nuclear weapons to destroy one of the thousands of cities on Earth. The Krakatoa volcano is the most powerful volcanic eruption of all times, with 15 times the energy of these nuclear warheads. The volume of the weapon energy spreads into varies, uh, into, into varies from cube to cube, but the destroyed area varies from square to square. 80 square miles would be destroyed by one bomb with a yield of one megaton. 160 square miles destroyed by eight bombs with a yield of 125 kilotons. How long would the Earth be uninhabitable after a nuclear war? Well, according to the Academy's study, it would take about three to ten years to recover. There would be consequences outside the areas in which the detonation took place. How many nuclear bombs would it take to destroy the U.S.? The United States can't be destroyed by Russia because they have more nuclear bombs than us. America's missile system apparently is better than theirs. 
this is a very cool article. Check it out. The link is in our show notes tonight. It talks about what would happen if all the nuclear bombs that all the countries own went off at once. Apparently, it would be enough to kill three billion people. So we still have five billion left. Anyway, this really is a fascinating article. You've got to check it out. It's legalprox.com. The link is in our show notes. And uh, it will open your eyes, I'm telling you. All right. If you're thinking about doing some traveling, one of the spots you might consider is the country that I live in and I've called home for over 20 years now because I love it here. I really do. Malaysia has its share of problems, Lord knows. But overall, the people are amazing. The food is incredible. The weather is hot, but livable. And uh, like I said, I've made this my home for over 20 years now and uh, love every moment of it. Well, (laughs) if you're thinking about coming to, uh, to Malaysia, even for a holiday, and you are a bit of an arachnophobia guy or gal, you might want to think again. This is an article from World of Buzz. People are canceling their plans to travel to Malaysia after seeing this nightmarish picture. Look at this beast. Okay, if you're listening on the podcast, got to check out the link. It is a giant spider. Not just one giant spider, a huge amount. Look at that. There's the big spider. Here, let me get my mouse back. There's the big spider, and these are babies. <laughs> if you have a fear of spiders, uh, I mean, we have a lot of tarantulas. Here in Malaysia, do we? I didn't know we had tarantulas. I know we've got some really nasty spiders, but I didn't know we had tarantulas. I thought that was like a South American, Mexico sort of thing. Anyway, you might be advised to find another place for a holiday. Uh, We all know Malaysian jungles are filled with creepy crawlies, from centipedes to beetles. The centipedes are really bad here. They're very nasty. Uh, We were not prepared for this. The Earth Pictures Facebook page recently shared an image of a Malaysian earth tiger tarantula. You're right, Aldwin, we do have tarantulas here. It's an earth tiger tarantula, also known uh, as Mothamus shoidatai, I think. (laughs) Anyway, we're packing our bags to leave. A female spider spotted in Malaysia. There's the spider. There's the babies. And I'm out of here. The huge spider, seen surrounded by babies in a situation weirdly resembled the scene from Harry Potter in the Chamber of Secrets, where Aragog appeared. It is almost uncanny. Considering this spider is native to Malaysia, many have since shared their lack of desire. Uh, Here's some social media comments. Hold on. Canceling travel plans to Malaysia. Uh, Malaysia just came off my bucket list. Another destination off my list. Well, I'll never go to Malaysia. Uh, We've lost some travel points with people who hate spiders, but yeah, who knows? It might open up a whole new avenue for Harry Potter tourism. Um, Absolutely. Wow. That is scary stuff. Look at that. Look at that thing. 
Okay. I was not aware. On, I was today years old when I realized we have tarantulas in Malaysia. So in addition to cobras, centipedes, and a whole bunch of other nasty things, I don't think I'm going to be leaving the house for a while. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. All right. Uh, you know, we've done the story about Blackpink. We covered that on the last couple of shows. We talked about the ridiculous price of tickets, almost 2,000 ringgit, which is more than a lot of people make every month. Well, as it turns out, I just saw the headline about an hour ago. Reports are the concert is sold out. Where do you people get the money? Are you kidding me? Yeah, and it gets worse. If you're really that desperate to go see Blackpink, you can always get a ticket from a scalper. Remember when I said 1,888 ringgit was a lot more than most people have? Well... These scalpers are now reselling Blackpink tickets for a reported $8,000. 8000 bucks. That's what four times the price, if you can afford it. You have to be kidding me. First of all, is scalping even legal here? Kill this love, more like kill the wallet. Yeah. <laughs> You're exactly right. Could you imagine? Could How could anybody be stupid enough? Look, I already told you, I'm not a fan of Blackpink. I couldn't give a crap less if I'd never see them for the rest of my life or hear another one of their songs. I cannot imagine anybody being crazy enough to spend $8,000 for a ticket from a scalper to see these idiots. You have to be kidding me. Look at that. Unbelievable. And like I said, I just saw the article. Scalpers are quite common outside of Japan. They are. Even in the U.S., I remember scalpers were, uh, were I mean, they're terrible. They're awful people. But, uh, but they exist, absolutely. Anyway, um, they're out there. You want to go spend Two or three times your monthly salary just to see that? You've got to be kidding me. Unbelievable. All right, one bad news story, and I just, I'm just going to cover this briefly, but it has to be said so you are aware of what is going on with this insane, inhuman regime in Iran. You may have seen this story. Iran may may execute 15,000 jailed anti-hijab protesters to teach them a hard lesson. They have not specifically said they were going to, but they have threatened to. Staggering 15... Uh, the hijab, by the way, if, if you're not familiar, if you're not in Malaysia or an Islamic country, the hijab is the head covering that women in Islam wear. A staggering 15,000 anti-hijab protesters currently are in custody 
in Iran's cruel Revolutionary Guard Corps, and lawmakers have voted for all of them to be sentenced to death. Unbelievable. In recent days, 227 Iranian parliamentarians have demanded those arrested face the harshest possible punishment, the death penalty. Lawmakers say that slaying the protesters would serve as a good lesson in the shortest possible time. These freaking animals. If some humanitarian organizations don't start making some noise and put a stop to this bullcrap, then you're not worth the time it takes to even pay any attention to you. Are you kidding me with this bullshit? Unbelievable. Yeah, you just keep supporting this regime. Animals. Absolute freaking animals. All right. We cannot leave you on that ridiculous note, so I wanted to leave you with an amazingly heartwarming story. Man, that burns my butt. Unbelievable people support this bullcrap. All right, let's lighten the mood, huh? Holdman says it might take a while for me to travel to Persia. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Ah, oh, man, what a story. A nine-year-old running a marathon. We just had the uh, Standard Charter Marathon here in Malaysia. It's a huge marathon. What is it, 42 kilometers? Anyway, a nine-year-old lost his running pals during a race. So he asked a Marine, will you run with me? Take a look at this. When you see someone struggling, do you even stop and lend a hand? If you haven't, perhaps you should. There was a big race in Charlevoix, Michigan, A while back, it was Jeff Drench Memorial 5K, and in it, several large groups that ran in teams. During the race, a young boy was having trouble running. Nine-year-old Brandon Fuchs, he was struggling, and a Marine running past him could see that Brandon was having trouble. Well, that Marine was 19-year-old Lance Corporal Miles Kerr. He really wanted to beat out the other Marines that were in his group. But he ended up doing something a lot better than that. He slowed down and kept pace with young Brandon, who'd been separated from his teammates. Encouraging him, rooting him on as best he could, he really wanted the boy to make it to the finish line. By doing this, Miles lost his opportunity to beat out his teammates. As a matter of fact, in doing this, Miles turned in the slowest time for his age group. There is Miles. There is Brandon. Miles keeping pace so that Brandon doesn't feel left out. On social media, people started talking about it. It's a Facebook group called Seals of Honor made a post about it. Throughout the course... Lance Corporal Kerr urged him on when the boy wanted to give up and ensured the boy saw the course to completion 
when he was reunited with his party. His unwavering commitment to help those in need through his ability to inspire others by his unequivocal level of motivation. Lance Corporal Kerr reflected great credit upon himself and in keeping with the highest traditions of the United States Marine Corps. Wow. Semper Fi. Look at that. There he is. That's what happens when somebody's heart is in exactly the right place. Wow. When you're just about to give up on humanity, you see a story like that, suddenly things aren't so bad. Let us move on up and over to our book. We are doing Bambi. Yeah, we. Uh, I know it's weird. We read books on this show, huh? Last part of the show, we've done it forever. We've read so many different classic books uh, all the way through. We did The Wizard of Oz, Peter Pan, The Little Prince, uh, Winnie the Pooh, Alice in Wonderland, you name it. We've, we've read so many great books. And the whole idea behind this is to encourage your kids to read, you to read, read to your kids. Studies have shown, scientific studies have shown that not just your kid reading, but being read too has exactly the same effect. So read books to your kids. Encourage them to read. If you can, get a real book with pages and a cover instead of some Kindle thing. But if that's what it's going to take, then that's fine too. And uh, right now, we have been doing the story of Bambi. It is the original uh, story written by Felix Sultan. Originally, it was written in German and translated to English and, of course, turned into a very famous Disney animated film. So we are following through. The The book is really staying pretty true to the uh, to the animated film that Disney did. Many, many years. Wow, what is that, like 50 over years ago, 60 years ago? I remember watching it as a kid. All right, so when we left off, Bambi's horns were out, and he was having some trouble with the other bucks around. Worst of all, Rano and Karis had taken against him, and it wasn't a happy time. And now the squirrel had stupidly reminded him of it. He suddenly became quite wild, began to run. The tits and wrens flew out of the bushes in alarm as he went past and asked each other urgently, Who's that then? Who was that? Bambi didn't hear them. A pair of magpies laughed nervously. He has had something happen? The jay was cross and shouted, What's going on? Bambi paid him no attention. Above him, the oriole flew from tree to tree. Good morning. I'm happy. Bambi made no answer. All around him, the thicket was already light, and the rays of the sun ran through it in fine beams. Bambi didn't bother about that. There was a sudden loud rattling sound near his feet. A whole rainbow of gorgeous colors flashed up and shone in his eyes so that he was dazzled and stopped. It was Janello the pheasant, who'd shot into the air in startlement because Bambi had nearly stepped on him. He rushed away, scolding Bambi as he went off. Unheard of, he shouted in his cracked, crow-like voice. 
Bambi was bewildered and watched him go. Well, it's turned out all right, but you really were being very careless, said a soft, twittering voice from nearby on the ground. It was Janeline, the pheasant's wife. She sat brooding on the ground. My husband was terribly alarmed, she continued, dissatisfied. And so was I. But I can't move from this spot. I can't move from this spot, whatever happens. You could very easily have trodden on me. Bambi was slightly ashamed. Oh, I'm sorry, he stuttered. I, I wasn't paying attention. Jane Lean answered, Oh, please, maybe it wasn't quite that bad, but my husband and I are so nervous at present, you understand. Bambi understood nothing at all and went on his way. He'd become calmer now. All around him the wood was singing. The light had become warmer, more golden, the leaves on the bushes, the grass on the ground, and steam rising from the damp earth took on a sharp aroma. Bambi's youthful strength swelled up in him and stretched out into all his limbs, so he became quite stiff. His movements became, became hesitant, as if he were something artificial. He went over to a small elder bush, and lifting his knees high into the air, he struck against the ground with powerful blows so that clods of earth flew up from it. His fine, sharp, cloven hoof cut the grass away and was growing here. Wild peas, wild leeks, violets, and snowdrops. He scraped them all away till the earth lay before him quite dashed and bare. With each blow, a dull thud could be heard. Bambi caught the attention of two moles who'd been tumbling around at the root of an old privet bush. They looked up and watched. That's just ridiculous what he's doing, whispered one of them. That's not how you dig. The other raised the corners of his mouth into a jeering grin. He's got no idea. That's obvious. But that's what you get when people do things they don't understand. Bambi suddenly stopped, lifted his head up high, listened, looked around at the undergrowth was a flash of red between the twigs. It was unclear, but he could make out the points of a crown. Bambi snorted. Whoever was creeping about there, Rono or Karis or anyone else, go at him. I'll show him I'm not afraid of them anymore, he thought. It was as if he had suddenly been taken over by his own exhilaration. I'll show them I'm the one they should be afraid of. He ran into the bushes with such force that they rattled. The branches cracked and broke, and now Bambi could see the other deer in front of him. He was not able to recognize him because everything was swimming in front of his eyes. He could think of nothing that he should go at him. With his crown lowered deep, he stormed forward, gathered all his strength into his neck, ready to strike could already smell his opponent's hairy coat, could already see nothing in front of him but the red wall of his flank. Then the other made a very gentle movement. 
Bambi had expected him to stay still, but he was robbed of this advantage. When he rushed at him with his antlers, met nothing but air. He nearly fell over, but he staggered, pulled himself together, and swung back around to renew his attack. And then he saw who the elder was. Bambi was so surprised he lost control of himself. He would have been ashamed to simply run from the spot, although that was what he most wanted to do, and he was ashamed to stay. He didn't move. What's this, then? the elder asked quietly. His deep voice, at the same time so relaxed and so impervious, drove itself, as it always did, straight through the center of Bambi's heart. He remained silent. The elder asked again, "'What's all this?' "'I... I, I thought,' stammered Bambi, I, I, th- "'I thought it was Rana, or...' He became silent, and dared to look shyly at the elder, and as he looked, he became even more bewildered. The aged one stood there, motionless and powerful, His head had by now turned perfectly white. His dark, proud eyes shone from their depths. Why not against me? the aged one asked. Bambi looked at him, filled with a remarkable enthusiasm, and shuddered with a mysterious thrill. He wanted to call out, Because I love you! But instead he answered, I don't know. The aged one looked at him. I haven't seen you for a long time. You've grown big and strong. Bambi gave no answer, but trembled with joy. The elder continued. He wanted to test him, to make his assessment of him. And then, surprisingly, he stepped very close to Bambi causing Bambi much alarm. Whatever you do, do it with nobility, the aged one said. He turned away, and in the next moment, he was gone. Bambi remained on the same spot for a long time afterwards. (laughs) All right, we'll continue with chapter 13 coming up. It's summertime and burning hot, and we'll continue on with the story of Bambi on our next stream coming up on Saturday night. All right. Hey, Aldwin, I've watched Black Panther Wakanda forever. It wasn't woke. It was good. You were wrong to assume it was bad. Um, Okay. All right. I'll give you that. Uh, I'm still not going to watch it. I'm not interested in that kind of stuff, but I'm glad that you loved it. Uh, It was made for people like you, obviously, and lots and lots of people have enjoyed it. I've seen some criticism, some good, some bad. Uh, The reviews are kind of mixed about it, but uh, if you enjoyed it, that's what it's all about. You pays your ticket, you buys your ticket, and you enjoys your show. I'm glad that you liked the film. That's good. 
good, good. All right. I will see you again on Saturday night. And uh, thanks. Thanks for popping by. Be sure to like and subscribe, by the way. That really helps. It's free. Uh, wherever you might be on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch.tv, or most importantly, Rumble.com. Subscribe to The Jay Sheldon Show. And uh, we really appreciate it. To our podcast listeners, thank you folks very much. We get hundreds of downloads every week on our podcast. The audio part of our show goes out about 10, 15 minutes after we're done with our live broadcast. And uh, you can check us out, take us with you. We're on all the major platforms, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, uh, you name it, Stitcher, Radio Public, where uh, we're, you'll find us everywhere. Just search for us and uh, and hit subscribe or follow. That's it. I'll see you on Saturday night. This is the Jay Sheldon Show. Good night. Snort. <laughs>